And I remember, you know, then like, well, wait, I can do it. I have energy. And I, I just made the connection in my brain. It's not difficult. It's just a broom, you know, and just, I just do this for, you know, half an hour. So I just did that. Yeah, and sure. my mom was super happy because she didn't ask me to, right? I just did it. But when you grow up like that, you, that this is how you think. It's like, okay, what can I do, you know, and so on. So I really love that. Welcome to the Audacious Living Podcast. Hosted by my man, Audley Stevenson, the odd man. Greetings and salutations, Audley Stevenson, and I'm back for another edition of the most audacious podcast the internet has to offer. You've got to lock the Audacious Living podcast, and it continues to my ongoing goal and pleasure to be here as we help our listeners live their best audacious lives ever welcome to episode 247 and in this insightful inspiring episode uh, we have the distinct pleasure of welcoming robert injuries uh he's a successful entrepreneur engineer with a remarkable journey from humble beginnings to building a portfolio of eight businesses generating seven figures uh join us uh, as robert shares his wisdom experiences discussing the importance of authenticity strategic thinking and the evolution of personal perspective over time with valuable insights and thought-provoking discussions this episode is sure to leave you inspired and motivated to live your best audacious life Hey, Robert, thank you for joining me here today on the Audacious Living Podcast. It's an absolute pleasure and treat. I always say, you know, anyone that uh, I always appreciate people that want to spend time and, and talk about all kinds of good stuff in the world, how we can, you know, make this world a better place. I'm always appreciative of that. So thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to be here. Thank you so much for having me. I love it. Awesome. We, were, we, 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 we sort of got in a pre, pre-conversation a moment ago and I, I wanted to stop because I didn't press record yet. And, and um, <clears throat> we, we, you know, we were sorry, sort of getting into the ways people can live our lives. And, and really on this podcast, the focus is so much about, you know, you know, us as individuals being our authentic selves and living our own best audacious life. Right. I'm not living your life, Robert, and you're not living mine, but we're doing what we want for us as individuals because that's where we find uh, joy and happiness and fulfillment and all that good stuff. And so maybe as, as a starting point, because I'm sure people are wondering, okay, who, who's this Robert guy? What's he all about? Maybe you can fill our listeners in on, on, on who you are, what you're about, and what got you to the point we're at now. Sure, sure. So um, I, I was born in a, a developing country in, a, a, let's say, uh, mediocre, uh, you know, uh, living uh, family. Um, I, I say that with respect to my parents, so I don't say poor, you know. So um, it was, uh, we had a roof, we had food, we had clothing, even though it was, it was secondhand, you know, we had it. And so humble, humble is and, a word that comes to mind. Humble, yes, humble, yes. So we had very humble beginnings. And that's, uh, I, I love that because um, in in that world, what mattered was, um, what you do with your time, right? Like you, 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 you would, you didn't think about, you know, the Joneses. Like you didn't think about anything else. You just 
thought about, okay, well, what work needs to be done today, right? Well, today we need to feed the chicken, you know, or right now we need to feed the chicken. Then we need to go milk the cow. Then we need to, you know, walk the cows because they need to, you know, uh, grain and so on and so forth. So we need to keep being engaged, right? And I remember, for example, moments when my mom was like, oh gosh, the the um, yard needs to be sweep, you know, and I really can't do it. And I remember, you know, then, well, wait, I can do it. I have energy. And I, I just made the connection in my brain. It's not difficult. It's just a broom, you know, and just, I just do this for, you know, half an hour. So I just did that. Yeah, and sure. My mom was super happy because she didn't ask me to, right? I just did it. But when you grow up like that, you, that this is how you think. It's like, okay, what can I do, you know, and so on. So I really love that. At one point, uh, I became very interested in technology. I really, really loved it. And then I started going into tech. Um, and eventually I did get my degree in civil engineering. Then I got my master's and so on and so forth. So I'm an engineer by background. So far with myself and my team, We've built over 200 uh, projects, anything from autonomous flying drones to dermatology sensors to infrastructure for big business and so on and so forth. So we've built a lot of things. So that's how I started. And long story short, now I have a portfolio of eight businesses generating seven figures. Uh, we're in a good place um, with the parts of our business or the parts of our portfolio that help other businesses grow. Uh, we've just recently um, like drew a line and said, okay, well, so far we've generated over half a billion dollars for our clients, right? So we're very, very happy with that milestone. Right. If everything goes well, in the next, you know, five to 10 years, we can, you know, pass a billion dollars generated. So um, the more value we can add, you know, the better. Um, so as far as I'm concerned. I'm, I'm now in a point where I see the world a little bit differently than I used sure. to, you know, 15, 20 years ago. And uh, I just look to be of service even more than I ever have, right? Like, how can I help right. this company, this organization, this initiative, this charity? I just hop off a call with uh, a nonprofit on Friday. The call went amazingly well. They help people, uh, or sorry, they, they help uh, by changing laws, literally, that's what they do. They change the laws when the law is not ethical and they can prove it, right? With facts, with thousands of cases yeah. or hundreds of cases, they literally go to the policymakers and change the policy. Wow. That's what they do. And so they do an, a bunch of amazing work. And I told them, I really love what you do. I know you can't afford me, but I really want to help you. So let's figure out a way to work together. So we're we're in that discussion right now, and so I'm very happy we could do that. I love it. Uh, you, 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 and so so con congratulations uh, on your journey. We'll talk a bit about your journey. Um, uh, one of the things I'm intrigued at and very curious about is you, you talked about you seeing the world differently now than then. Can you give mm -hmm. me sort of what what the the, what the then and now look like to give that contrast? Yeah. yeah so back then, um, and, and how long would it be back then? Like how long are we talking about here? Let's say. 15 years ago okay. or something like that, right? So over a decade ago, uh, over the decade ago, I believed I can do anything, okay. which I still believe to an extent, but it's different. The, the perception that how I see that is different, right? So okay. um, just to give you a, an overarching view, when I said at 18, 
or 19, 20, whatever, I can do anything. The moment I started my business, I said, my first business, I've never had one, right? I said, oh, in a year, I'm going to pass a million dollars. In two years, it's going to be at 3 million. And then by year five, it's going to be at over 10 million, whatever. You know, I don't know what goals I had, you know, but I said, I can do anything. I can make this work. Okay. Right. Fast forward 15 years, I still believe I can do anything, but now I trust the data, right? So when data tells me that I cannot compete with, uh, you know, the newest Kobe Bryant in basketball, mm -hmm. then I don't try, right? It's just like, I know I'm not going to beat the best Kobe Bryant, like well, whomever he is now, right? I don't right, know right. who the, the top player is. So I can't compete with them at that level. So even though I can do anything, I trust the data to tell me that the guy has 10, like maybe 50,000 hours of practice. I have 500 hours. So he practiced 100 times more. So maybe he's not 100 times better, but he just needs to be twice as good as me and I can compete already, right? So um, just like that, whenever we um, do business, I, I invest in or start um, or join one to three businesses a year that I believe in and I, and I want to grow. And so I have very specific investment criteria. And when I say investment, the main investment is my time because I don't have a lot of it, right? So money I can keep making and making, making time I can't make more of. So um, my time investment is the most crucial thing that I decide on when going into a venture. And so when I look at things, I look at, okay, what does data tell me? How can this succeed? How fast? You know, what needs to happen? Am I willing to commit this level of effort? And so on and so forth. So I think different. That's one of the main things that changed is that I still believe I can do anything at the same time. For example, if I want to uh, be better than the next, you know, Kobe Bryant, then what I need to do, I need to invest in uh, human augmentation. I need to invest in faster reflexes, you know, bionical things in right. my body, whatever, right. and, you know, uh, implants in my brain. So I, I'm quicker in reflexes. So I still believe I can do anything. I'm just more real about the possibility of that happening. Right. right. And so I'm not going to augment myself just to play better basketball. So basically, because I'm a little bit more mature in my thinking, I'm, I'm now also more selective of what that anything is that I can do. Mm, mm. Interesting. The word, as as you describe it, the word that came to mind is strategic, and is okay. is what you right in terms of you know being being wise about the choices and 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 understanding which choices are the best for you in that moment. Um, was was there something that 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 uh, was there a event or a catalyst that sort of got you there, or was it just through the 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 process of life and experiences? So. Um... I think uh, one thing that got me here, which anyone can relate to, is utter failures over and over and over again. Like, mm. I mean, there's only so many times you can say, this is the year where I break a million. This is the year, where, you know, and then it doesn't happen three, four years in a row. I'm like, I'm doing something wrong. Wait, wait, wait. Right. You know, and so just data, more data. The more data I got, you know, the, the smarter it allowed me to become because that's how we grow all of the businesses we grow through data, right? And so we tell people many times, um, we used to do a lot of coaching before. We've helped over 300 companies uh, grow their business and their practice and so on and so forth. 
at the same time, um, something that I would keep telling people, okay, let's agree on an amazing campaign based on anyone's standards, you know, copywriting, call to action, you know, right. market research and so on and so forth. But guess what? If we send a thousand emails and we get zero leads, it was still a shitty campaign. Excuse my French, you know, and like it, it's, the reality is the data. So it doesn't matter how good we think the campaign was. It needs to change. Let's take that data and ask people if we can email them. Hey, I sent you an email last week about this. You haven't said anything. Did, did something in my email turn you off, you know, or is it not the right time? What is it? So get the feedback, get the data, get as much data as you can get. Because the moment you get uh, more data, you get to a point where your decisions become naturally better because you have right. so much data to, uh, you know, um, uh, to back that decision. So Robert, are you trying to convince me with all the successes that you've had that you failed at something? Gosh, uh, crazy. Yes. Uh, many, many things. Um, last year, for example, I had one of my biggest failures. Um, we had uh, someone in one of my companies that, uh, I mean, it might sound weird, but they were a psychopath, right? And so there's a, in, I did research after that because I didn't understand what happened. I was so confused at the end of it. And so I did research on it and there's a dark triad. It's a psychopath, narcissism, and Machiavellism or something like that. Mm -hmm. So it's, a, it's like a dark triad. So one person that has one has the other as well, or the others as well. Like they have all three all the time. So okay. now all of us have ego. That's, I'm not talking about ego. I'm talking about a mental inability to understand that you are at fault. That you are really the, the only reason this went poorly is because of you, right? You're unable. You do not have that mental capability, right? And so we had one of those people in our one of our companies. And I never worked with the narcissist before, or at least not at this level. And so we worked with them, worked with them, worked with them. And they kept lying and lying, white lies here, white lies here, white lies here bringing excuses, pointing fingers at others, you know, confusing everyone about why it's not working when in fact they were failing at doing what they were supposed to do over and over and over again. So I believe that I used to believe that I want to help every single person. I am um, granted the opportunity to have in my company or in one of my companies. So I have like almost like a parental responsibility to help them. And that perspective has changed for me as well, because now I realize that not even family is what people say it is. If you have someone in your family that is literally hurting you, that is literally always mean to you, that is literally, right. you know, someone that does not add any value and worse, just damages you and your relationship with your wife or whatever, don't stop speaking with them. That's it. It doesn't matter because uh, people say, well, we have the same parents or we have the same mom, like same blood or whatever. We all have the same blood. I can prove it statistically that 99.9% of you and I is the same. Everything about us is the same, right? Okay, in this specific case, you're black, I'm white. Does not matter. Nine, still 99.9% .9 of us is the same, right? I mean, we share 99% of our DNA with pigs. 
and they look very different. Not, not very different, but you know what I mean. Like they, I do understand what you're saying. As, as, so imagine people from one to another, right? And so just to say that, oh, because we were birthed by the same mother, I now am indebted to tolerate your nonsense for the rest of my life? No, I am not. I'm sorry, right? And so this is now what I believe, that if someone comes into my business and I failed to vet them properly, my fault, no problem, cut loss right here, you move on, I move on, and then let me get someone that, you know, actually cares, that doesn't lie in my face, you know, that doesn't skew the facts, that doesn't point fingers, doesn't, you know, uh, start gossip or, you know, things like that in the company and so on and so forth. So this person even stole clients from us. This person stole employees from us. It's just total losses for that business were over $2 million, just right. so you get an idea. And so this was one of my biggest failures. And I say quotes because, you know, you only really fail if you give up. But at the end of the day, I lost two years of my life where I could have already been maybe at $20 million right now or whatever, you know. So it's at the end of the day, you do have a lot of failures on your journey. But sure. These are the lessons that you learn. And, you know, you become someone that now if I lose everything I have, I can let you make a few calls to some people I know that I have in my network and say, I want a job. Please get me a job. Like, how can I work in your company? I, I land a six-figure job the same day I want a job, right? And I'm not I'm not exaggerating. I'm not saying no, this to no. sound arrogant or anything, but no. I have such a big network and I have so much value to add that I literally can land a six-figure job from one day to the next. So sure. Understand. I, I'm literally set up for life as far as, you know, most people would be concerned. And so at this point in time, the only thing that I lose is time to reach the goals that I want, the visions that I have, right? Because obviously I had certain visions up until two years ago. And because of what happened to like one and a half, two years ago and up until last year, you know, now those are delayed or they might never happen because now the industry changes. You know, right. now AI is a thing. Two years ago, it wasn't a thing. Right. It start, right. started becoming a thing, right? And so everything shifts. So now you need to say, okay, I'm not doing that anymore because I mean, that's, it is what it is. Let's just take data on, for right. what it is and then move yep. on. Yeah. Yep. Yep. What, what I find really interesting about that, and thank you for sharing that example of, uh, of, of your failure is, is, is clearly it was about someone else, but you still took ownership of it. I am responsible. I put up with their lies. I knew they're lying and I tried to mm. help them understand that, you know, it's on them that they need to work. I've tried so hard. I kid you mm. not. I've cried multiple times because I couldn't take the pressure anymore because right. I couldn't figure it out. But I've never dealt with a narcissist. I didn't know right. that this person is incapable of understanding what I'm telling them. This is very different than willingness. Gotcha. Right? Yep. Yep. They would have probably had the willingness to understand, but they didn't. They could not understand. So... That's the difference. If you work with someone that's clinically has an issue, right? Then you're you're thinking, well, I mean, there's nothing to do here, right? I can't, I can't. Like they need to have a different position, a different role, or may work in a different company on something else, whatever, right? But in this role that they were put, obviously they cannot succeed, right? And so I failed. I really did fail. And so I'm sorry for all of the clients that suffered i'm sorry for all of the employees that suffered because of that i'm so sorry 
yeah. for all of that. And I'm I'm not sorry as in regret, you know, that's on my soul and you know I can't sleep at night. No, no, I'm I'm sorry because I could have been better. Yeah. At the same time, I was, you know, whatever. I, I was in my late twenties, early thirties, sure, right? And so sure, on. So it's like, sure. what do I expect of myself? Because not even people that are in their people in their fifties take companies bankrupt. In their fifties, they like they've been working for 30 years, my entire lifespan. They've been working in, you know, jobs and so on, and they still take a company bankrupt. So yeah. what wh that's data. And so what do I say if I'm, you know, 29, 30, 31, and so on and so forth? Obviously, I don't have this figured out. So I don't look at it re with regret. I'm like, I could have done better with that. So what I'm going to do is I will try to do better next time and then yeah. next time and yeah. so on and so forth. I commend. I just yeah. I I commend you for taking ownership the way you do. That that's that's fantastic, and really seeing you know what you could do better. And and uh, I think a lot of times in life, if more of us can do that and take ownership for for things, or instead of pointing the finger, you know, sometimes things can be totally totally different. So I wanted to acknowledge that for sure, for sure. Um, can, can we sort of talk about the journey? Because you know, if you if you give a snapshot of your life, right? It's it's moving from a farm to helping to owning eight businesses and, you know, on the verge of helping other businesses make a billion dollars. Like, I mean, like that, that is a huge cataclysmic leap and you know, that, you, that you made there. Um, when you sort of stop and, and look back uh, um, at that, at the journey and, and, and all that you went through, what, what resonates with you? Um, so what I, there are two things that I feel um, impact someone's success to a very, very large degree uh, on their journey. Because success you define as you want, but basically to achieve it, right, you have two things there. Number one is basically the willingness to try, to do. I can't tell you how many people I've talked to, dozens, maybe hundreds of people that told me, I don't know what I want to do with my life. I'm like, okay, pull out a pen and paper, write down 10 things you like doing or that you really felt joy, like real joy when you were doing them or whatever, like write down as many things as you can. And now say, okay, what, which one of these can you make money on? Like, you know, like maybe marketing, maybe it's engineering, maybe it's whatever it is for you, you know, uh, gardening, flower right. shops, whatever it is for right. you, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. How can you make money in those things? And say, okay, which one of these careers would you like? And say, okay, well, I don't know. Okay, you don't know now. In 2023, whenever you're listening to this, you don't know now. Okay, so now get the data. This is what I was telling you at the beginning. Now you try one, pick one, your best guess. Do that for half a year, a year, two years, whatever, right? And then get the data, see if you like it. Maybe you will love it and it's the thing you'll do for the rest of your life. Maybe something else. Maybe you'll love it like crazy. And 10 years from now, you'll still want to do something different because guess what? You've been doing this for 10 years. Now you want to do something else. Perfectly reasonable, yes. right? You do not need like an overarching life goal because guess what? It doesn't really exist in that way, right? The people that had overarching life goals for the entirety of their life, they died young. Let me tell you, right? all of them, all of them. Look at every single person. <laughs> that, you know, had an overarching life goal. Almost all of them died young, right? Every single one, even if you look at people like Gandhi, 
Gandhi was a lawyer. No one talks about that. Gandhi was literally a lawyer. I did, I did the, know that. For half of his life, he was a lawyer, right? And then he did something else and then blah, blah, and so on and so on. And he became a, a thought leader after that, at the latter half of his life, right? Yeah, yeah. And that's it. That's the reality, right? Jesus, I think, died when he was 33 or something like that, right? Look at Martin Luther King. Look at Malcolm X. Look at all of these people. When did they die? Okay, they had an overarching life goal. If those people would have lived 30 years more, I kid you not, they would have changed, pivoted a couple times at least, yeah. right? Because look at Bill Gates. One of the most successful people as far as anyone's concerned. They have a family life. They have an amazing wife. You know, they have beautiful children. They have one of the biggest companies on the planet. They pivoted multiple times. At the beginning of his career, he was doing engineering uh, work, just like we are in one of our companies. Yep. Then he did Microsoft, right? Then the company pivoted, I don't know how many times, to do uh, Office and Microsoft and Xbox and anything else they were doing, right? Gaming right. studios, whatever. And now he's doing the foundation, the Bill and Melinda Gates yes. Foundation, which at the beginning, by the way, was curing malaria. And right now... They're uh, trying to find a sustainable uh, recycling for sewage, right? For developing countries. Wow. So yeah. here's a person that you could say, oh, this guy has it figured out. They pivoted four times in their life. So why are you beating yourself up? Just do whatever it is that you want to do, right? And so that's one. And the next thing is um, get off your butt and do the work. Stop talking about it and do it. Right. Whenever I talk with someone, like let's say you and I have a conversation and you say, oh, I want to do this, I want to do that, I want to do whatever. If you and I meet a month from now and you say, oh, Robert, I want to do this, I want to do that, I want to do whatever. I'm like, but you told me that a month ago. Well, I'm, I'm not ready yet. I'm like, well, that means you will never do it. I'm telling you now, if this is how you think, you will never do it. Like, no, no, I'm going to start in a month. Don't tell me you're going to start. Prove to me. Send me the proof that you have started, and then I will believe you, right? The only thing that will actually get you closer to your goals will be action, not speaking, acting, right? Speaking does not get you closer. Acting does. And acting, I don't mean like acting like an actor. No, no, <laughs> I mean like no, action. taking action, yes, right? Yes. Taking action, right? So this is what uh, I believe. And so what I feel is Maybe, maybe this is a little bit woo-woo for some of the people asking, but if you look <laughs> at things like Christianity or Stoicism and so on and so forth, you will find in those the roots of success. Everything that every single success book on the planet is not new. Every single principle that you find in the success books is already in the Bible. It's already in Stoicism. It's already everywhere. It was defined thousands of years ago. You didn't know about it, fine. But it's the same principles 2,000 years ago that it is right now today, right? And you can feel it in the Bible. Don't lie. Don't cheat, right? Uh, right. You, just look at the sins. Uh, uh, what What's it called? Uh, Commandments. Sloth. Sloth. Sloth, sloth is a sin, sin. Yes. which yes. means that you need to do the opposite of sloth, which means is to be productive, be right? Lazy. Okay? Right. Gluttony is another sin which means to overeat greed. well eat less right greed. be less fat eat less yeah. greed exactly greed is another one so don't be greedy add value instead right Dem demand the price that you deserve but add the value for that price right don't be greedy blah 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 right and so on 
everything is already there. Right. So I can tell you that there's nothing new in in here. Like it's new to you. When you learn about something, yes. please be mindful that you just learned about it. Because if you read Meditations by Marcus Aurelius, the guy wrote that a thousand something years ago, mm -hmm. right? Jesus wrote, he didn't write, but his apostles wrote things 2000 years ago, right? And the Old Testament is even older than that, right? A thousand and so on. Stoicism, similar, 2000 years old, blah, 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 blah. I can keep going on and on. You have, yep. you know, Taoism, Confu Confusion, or Confucius, Confucianism, yep. or whatever it's called, right? That's, I don't know how many thousands of years old. Yep. and so on the same principles over and over and over again they never change because it's always the same so just follow them <laughs> stop yeah. searching for something just yeah. follow the principles of success stop thinking there's a silver bullet if you're unhappy that means you're doing something that's not aligned with your values do things that are aligned with your values and that's it do, do, do you remember um when you the, the point that you got to where you start to see like you're the direct, like you're going in a real direction. Like, cause again, you're on, you're, you're on, when you're on your path, you're doing something and you're committed to it. You're not necessarily always going, okay, I mean, I've reached success, right? You're not thinking I'm successful now. You're, you're just working, you're doing, continuing on, but we do get to a point where we're like, oh, wow, I think I'm here. Do you, do you remember what that yes. was like for you? Yes, I do remember it. Um, so I can tell you about two rushes, so maybe three rushes, but two of them are more important. Number one was the first technical project that I've done, the first time in my life. Uh, I was working in a factory, uh, in a manufacturing plant as one of the guys on the line, right? I was just, you know, hammering things and pushing them. And so I got in a discussion with the owner. Uh, I gave them feedback on their system. I don't know why, but I felt it, you know, uh, outdated. I was already very into tech uh, at that age. And then I um, he told me that they're thinking of upgrading and doing things. And I asked him to let me try. He eventually let me try. And so long story short, a few weeks later, I come back and I show him what I've built. And he was blown away. He said, oh, my God, I can't believe you built this. Okay. So I was, I think, 14 and a half at the time or something like that. Okay. So that's when I built my first uh let's say system uh that would help wow. a business run itself right so i really like that it was the first time i realized i'm on to something like i can like, go i yeah. can do stuff this is cool yeah. i really love this i am being paid so much more money than in my previous like that's when i realized that's when it clicked that i can do this i until then i knew it's possible because i've read it i read about it in books i wanted to be an engineer but then uh, that's the first time I got paid as an engineer, even though I was 14, I had no formal education. I was just learning from books and, you know, the internet, even the internet was new back then. Right. So, um, I had that and I was, uh, I enjoyed that. Then, um, I had another, uh, epiphany at one point when I realized how to actually make money. And so then I, I went from, you know, the five figures to seven figures in a year. Right. So that was a crazy leap for me. Um, that was when I was 25. So that was 10 years after I started working, you know, mm -hmm. things that I wanted to do. And so I became a millionaire when I was 25. And we just kept working and working and working. And two years ago, approximately two, three years ago, I was in my uh, living room. Yep. 
lie down on the couch, looking at the ceiling, and I was thinking of what should I be doing right now? And I kept thinking, maybe I should do this. Oh, no, that person's handling this. Maybe I should do this. Oh, no, this person's handling this. Maybe I should do, no. And everything that was running through my mind was already delegated and handled by other people, by procedures, by the systems I set in place, everything. Right. That was the moment in which I was like, oh my God, I've made it. <laughs> I literally do not need to work anymore. We had money. We had a beautiful house, three-story house. We had a fully electric car, luxury car. We had, you know, we anything we wanted, we had, right? And uh, I didn't need to work anymore. You know, we had money saved up. I'm like, oh my gosh, I literally don't need to do anything anymore. So this was a few years ago. This was like, I think I was like 29 or, or 30 at the time. I'm like, okay, I can literally retire now. <laughs> so um, I really liked it. It was a great feeling. And it really opened my eyes because I'm like, I can do anything I want now. And then the beauty started. Then the game started. I'm like, wow, let me do this. Let me do that. Let me try this. Let me try that. Right? Everything started from there. I just, I just loved it. It was, it was great. Amazing. Well, it's still great. No, no, definitely congratulations. And Thank you. I do, I do like the fact that you, you got there and it just kind of almost like you were woken up and didn't realize it. Like, wow, oh, mm -hmm. I am here. Yes, uh, yes, yes. Which is, which, which is such an awesome feeling. Uh, I'm not there, but I get it. It would be, I'm just saying, I imagine it would be an awesome feeling. Um, I, I'm curious about, because you, you, as you sort of talk about uh, sort of your journey, the part about your journey that I, I, I find rather intriguing is, you know, the desire and willingness to help other businesses be profitable and, and generate revenue. When did that work into the equation for you? When did you realize that you wanted to give back in this fashion? Because I would imagine that wasn't on the radar initially, or maybe it was. So initially it wasn't on the radar because I always wanted to work as an engineer. I never wanted to own businesses. So yeah. I uh, eventually had enough bad experiences uh, working for others. Then yeah. I realized that people don't really care about you or, you know, they care much less. They have their own agenda and so on. So I said, okay, let me make my own businesses where I can actually care about people and love them and treat them, you know, uh, very fairly and so on and so forth. So I had that uh, thing going on. And then, I started that and we basically, in engineering, you always help another company because you like, you don't have like a person on the street coming to buy candy from you, right? It's a business that says, I want to innovate within my business. I want to take it from 5 million to 10 million. This is the system I need. This is the app I need. This is the robot I need. This is whatever it is I need, right? You do that. So I naturally went into that because I wanted to be an engineer in one company, like for example, in Tesla, whatever, right? Um, I don't know if I would like it to work there. I, I'm not saying it's an amazing place to work. What I'm saying is that's what I imagine myself doing. And so basically I didn't get that. Okay. Uh, and so I pivoted, which I, again, I tell people all the time, pivot whenever data tells you you should. And so I pivoted to doing uh, basically um, consulting work for others. By consulting, I mean doing the work uh, itself. Then I started hiring other people to help me mm -hmm. do the work. Mm -hmm. And then it just went on and on and on to, you know, our engineering company now has rendered, again, over 200 projects in 19 different sectors, 
across, I believe, like over a dozen countries, Amazing. right? Uh, dozens and dozens of senior engineers that have worked with us, right? Amazing people, very passionate, very talented. And so we've built so, so many things and um, it, it it's just very cool. And so from there, people would ask us, could you help me promote this? I'm like, I guess I can, let me try. And then we would use data to promote it because guess what? No one, statistically, no one in the marketing space knows math, right? Because they're creatives, you know, like, oh my gosh, yes, tell me more, you know? Okay, so I would use math to make businesses work. Whenever we would hire someone and, you know, they would like, I don't know, write blog articles or whatever and so on, they're like, oh, this is this was such an amazing piece. I'm like, I don't know, let's see if it converts. Like, well, but it's an amazing piece, don't you agree? Let the data tell us if it's an amazing article. I don't, I'm not going to judge that. Let's put it online. Let's see how much it converts to leads, right? Lo and behold, people that focus on, oh my God, this is an amazing piece or an amazing ad, uh, don't do well because they are, they have their ego too high, right? They're like, oh, I made such an amazing ad, such an amazing article or whatever. And it doesn't matter. The only thing that matters is the, the numbers in, in marketing, right? Did you spend a thousand dollars and make five hundred dollars, or did you spend a thousand dollars and make two thousand dollars? Right? Like, what's was the reality there? Right. So, we manage millions and millions in ad spend, and we manage millions in uh, other types of services such as uh, SEO, copywriting, conversion rate optimization, um, outreach over email, or things of that nature, right, and so on and so forth. So, we. We make millions in doing that, but our clients make hundreds of millions, right? And so typical client ROI we see is anywhere between five to 20x return on investment for the year, right? And so we don't do anything that's less than a year. We only do partnerships because it's not worth our time to be in the gig economy to do this ad here, this article here. We don't do that. Either someone works with us and they partner with us and we grow their business, right? Or they don't and we just say right. like you should work with someone else very yep. respectful right yep. so that's basically it and then um the, it, it just went into that right so yeah. then people were asking robert how are you managing these businesses could you help us i was like sure i can help you and we did that we did consulting and now what we do we don't do consulting anymore we literally go in and operate your business for you mm. it's uh it's something that's very new it doesn't exist as much but it's like um, and uh, chief of operations as a service, right? So basically you say, I want my business to operate better, more effectively. I want to be more profitable or make more or whatever, or I have this business that's making 3 million. I want to take it to five or to 10. So you say, okay, I need a chief of operations. I've tried people and they didn't work. Okay, guess what? We can do all of that for you, right? We can help you with the hiring. We can help you with the finances, with the contract, with the, um, systems with anything, sure, right? Sure. Everything we can do for you. And we noticed this is such a better business model because before yeah. I would have a coaching call with you. Yep. I would tell you what you need to do. Next week we would have another coaching call and you'd be like, well, Robert, you know, you know, my kid had issues in school. This happened in business and so on. And I didn't really do what we agreed I should do. I'm like, your business is not going to grow unless the actions are taken. We can talk about them and you can keep paying me, but I don't want that. So instead of you paying me thousands of dollars 
for me to consult you, right? My retainers were six figures of me helping businesses yes. grow, but yeah. they would make millions. And so now, instead of giving me money for me to tell you what you need to do, let me just do the work for you because sure. I know what needs to be done. That's I do right. it better, faster, yeah. and with you. It saves me time, but, right? You save exactly. me time. Yeah. I don't need to be there anymore. And yeah. it's so beautiful. I don't like, I have no ego attached. I don't need to be the guy that Love says, it. How this works right i'm like no your business will grow right you can be joyous that you have someone actually helping you right it's not that yeah. you stop paying me like uh consulting and then you know nothing happens no the business is there the people it's like you're it's like part of your team it's like your employees now right and we just do that over and over again and your business just grows from there right Brilliant. Brilliant. so um that's how it it just pivoted into that. Not it wasn't a strategy in mind. Yeah. Okay. Well, and 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 sometimes that happens, right? But I think to your to your to your point that you made earlier, uh, uh, that only can happen if we're taking action. And you exactly. clearly have taken action to put yourself in a situation because you know we can sit down and 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 you talk about the importance of data, and I totally agree with you. It's and, and respect that viewpoint with respect around the importance of data, but all our time can't be poured looking at the numbers, we still have to sort of take action and move forward. And sometimes it's not until, you know, the, the, the rubber hits the road, so to speak, that we recognize, oh, okay, we get some perspectives or we get viewpoints or we see another way of doing things. Yeah. Uh, again, but that only would have, would only could have happened because of the action that was taken. Yeah. So that's what I'm hearing from you loud and clear, which is so, so key. Yeah. So two, two things here. Number one, just to clarify, when I say get the data, I mean, spend half an hour to get the data, yes, not yes, spend yes, days, yes. weeks, months, right? Yes. Just spend, get some data, just yes. have, so that you can make an informed decision, take the decision yes. and take action. Yes. So, and two is a funny story. We used to have someone in the company, uh, a marketing person, and they kept in their invoices to us because we track time, right? So we pay monthly, but we ask people to track their time because it's remote. Like I have no idea what you're doing all day. So just right. tell me what you're doing. So they kept billing us for marketing research, which we understood is perfectly reasonable. They're a marketing manager. They need to do marketing research. But at one point, the chunks of marketing research were like two hours, three hours, four hours, right? And I wonder like, what's this marketing research for? Like what, like, the ad isn't doing so much better. It's like, oh my God, you know, like right, you spend right. one hour to make the ad and two hours to do market research, right? I understand because if the ad becomes amazing, I don't mind, right? But they weren't doing better. So right. I was like, please excuse me. What did you do marketing research on? And they're like, well, I mean, on stuff. Like, not stuff. Tell me exactly what you spent four hours on yesterday because you built us for four hours yesterday. Mark, I want to know exactly what you've done. And so when we started doing that over and over, she realized that she couldn't uh, lie because then I started to say, okay, from now on, every single thing you research, I want to be in a doc, like I read this article and your conclusions from that right below the link. Right. No other way are you allowed to do marketing research, only in this manner. If I do not get a deliverable, from that two hours of marketing research, Absolutely. then I will not pay you for that. And I'm telling you this now, and I'm sending an official letter for that. Guess what? We eventually fired her because she was all, all obviously stealing from us, right? Because that's what it is. That's theft. If you tell me you work for four hours and you actually have it, maybe you worked half an hour, you are stealing money from me. Sure. That's, that's the reality. It's a form of theft. 
it's one of the seven deadly sins. So don't do that. Don't steal from me. Don't steal from anyone, right? That's not the road to success. I'm I'm no people make money by stealing. I'm I'm sure like there's sure. trillions of dollars being stolen. Or do you want to be that guy? If you do, whatever, don't. I I don't know how to even say it. Just please stop stealing, stop wasting people's time. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so this is what my message is on that, right? It's not the ethical way forward. Please stop doing it. Don't steal from people. Um, I know sometimes we steal, right? Whether intentionally or unintentionally, some bits here, some bits there, you know, whatever. It feels odd. But it's like at the end of the day, you journal about it. You say, did I do the right thing there? And if I haven't, how can I make amends, right? And so on. So that's basically it. And don't do four hours of marketing research and then... <laughs> Right. And then don't get better for it. Right, you, right, right, right. Take notes, get your conclusions, and do better for it. And if yes. you do that, you're fine. Yeah, yeah. No, no. Again, I, and I hear that loud and clear because you've got to, you got to take that action. Is it what's the expression? You can't uh, have paralysis by analysis, right? Like yes. you can't forever be looking and not doing something. So I hear that loud and clear. Uh, you know, Robert, this is this has been really a, a very informative conversation, and I so love your story and the, the straightforwardness of it, and 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 how you've broken it down in a fashion that just makes sense, right? Nothing comes easy. Uh, the success that we're after starts with us. It's not in a book. Uh, I mean, we could take something from the book, as we just talked about. We could take something from the data, but we still have to put it into practice to get on that pathway to success. So thank you uh, uh, for, for sharing your story. Very much appreciated. Uh, for, for listeners that wanted to connect with you or, or learn more about your work, where, where could we send them? Well, anyone that Googles my full name, Robert Indriesh, can just you know uh, find me. The first three pages are about me. So easily they can find anything they want. I do have a domain name with my full name. And so if anyone wants to um, basically get in touch, with me, they can just email me at robertindesh.com. They need to, I mean, they don't need to, but if they mention your podcast, I promise to reply to their inquiry. Thank you. Thank you. Very much appreciate that. No, that's, that's awesome. And thank you. And again, thank you, Robert. Thank you for taking the time. This is a great chat. And I really uh, appreciate the insights and, and congratulations on all that you've done and all you're about to do because you've got goals and you're working towards them. So congratulations and all the best, my friend. Thank you. Thank you so much as well. back we are here on the podcast much thanks and appreciation goes out to robert for being here and sharing uh his insights as well as his journey uh, i really truly appreciate hearing uh your, your very awesome story is very inspiring so thank you uh for being here you know I, like i said i really enjoyed my conversation how the robert but if there's one thing i take from the chat that we had it have to be this in the grand narrative of success, we often hear about the rags to riches stories, tales of individuals who defied the odds and turned their humble beginnings into extraordinary achievements. From tech moguls who started their garages to athletes who overcame poverty, the world is ripe with examples of individuals who've risen from modest circumstances to, to achieve audacious outcomes. These stories serve as a testament of the power of resilience, determination, and unwavering belief in oneself. Humble beginnings, far from be, are far from being a hindrance, can provide the fertile ground for audacious outcomes. 
When one starts with little, the hunger for success just can be insatiable. It fuels an unyielding drive to break free from the shackles of adversity and create a better future. The, the struggle for survival can sharpen one's ingenuity, their resourcefulness, and the ability to navigate challenges, traits that are invaluable in the pursuit of audacious goals. These stories showcase the transformative power of humble beginnings. They remind us that where, where, where we start doesn't have to dictate where we can go. In fact, it's often the struggle of the early days that instills the resilience and perseverance necessary to pursue audacious outcomes. The, the lessons learned from, during the lean times, the, the hunger for the better life, and the unyielding determination to succeed can become the driving forces to behind remarkable achievements. It's important to recognize that audacious outcomes are not solely measured by financial success or societal recognition. They can also take form, take the form of personal growth, uh, resilience in the face of adversity, and the ability to positively impact the lives of others. From community leaders who emerge from marginalized neighborhoods to artists who channel their early struggles into profound works of art, the potential for audacious outcomes is as diverse as a human experience itself. In conclusion, the power of humble beginnings lies in the resilience and determination and unique perspective they instill in individuals. Far from being a limitation, humble origins can serve as a springboard for audacious outcomes. They imbue individuals with the tenacity to overcome challenges, the, the empathy to understand the needs of others, and the creativity to envision a better future. As we celebrate the stories of those who have turned their humble beginnings into audacious outcomes, let us remember that success isn't confined to the privileged few. Uh, it's a testament to the human spirit and the boundless potential that resides within each of us. In the end, it's not where you start that matters most, but the courage, resilience, and unwavering belief in oneself that propels you forward to the extraordinary. Embrace your journey Harness the power of your humble beginnings and dare to dream audaciously. The world is waiting for you to tell your remarkable story that only you can share. We've sadly come to the end of another episode of the most audacious podcast the internet has to offer. And as always, I say thank you and appreciation to all those lovers of audaciousness for their ongoing support. Until next time, stay safe, be kind, show love to one another, and be audacious. You've been listening to the Audacious Living Podcast, hosted by Audley Stevenson. If you enjoyed what you heard, be sure to like, subscribe, and share. Until next time, be audacious.